Thank you so much, worship team. They did a wonderful job. We appreciate it. They really work hard, those that are worship singers and those that are involved in making this service count on this beautiful, beautiful Wednesday. I don't know how you felt, but stepping out of the garage this morning, uh, there was a difference uh, in the air. It was a little cooler. And uh, then I, I was reminded that, boy, it's April Fool's Day. Somebody played a trick and it created all this cold weather, but it's, it's been really cool today and we thoroughly have enjoyed it. These are moments in which we will remember for a long, long, long time. God has been so good to us and has manifested His presence in and through us in these last several weeks now, going on, what, three weeks, moving toward four, and then things are happening so rapidly, it's hard to keep up with it. I, I remember two weeks ago tonight, uh, we did the live uh, broadcast, telecast, and online, and in, in Polk County, there were 14 individuals with COVID-19, and now there's over 70 here in Polk County. So, boy, what does that do? It causes us to really, really pray. And then we ended the month of March, and today is April 1st, and we were able to take a look, well, how are we doing, and your faithfulness to God, and in your finances, and I can report to you that you did really, really, really well. I want you to know your fellow Victory member is doing their part to be certain that ministry from Victory Church continues to go out. And so the tithe have been coming in either online, people have brought that tithe and offering by, or they have simply put it in the mail and sent it and we have received it, and we are extremely thankful. One of the reports about, uh, well, uh, only essential uh, practices can happen uh, in the state right now, and uh, we thought essential. Is the church essential? Do we have an essential place in the, the world in which we live to now with all of the stay-at-home orders and those kinds? Here's what we found out from the governor's office, and they proudly stated, yes, sir, the church is an essential part of what's happening to be able to help people and love people and minister to people. And I can tell you that we've been doing just that. We've been busy as bees in our offices, endeavoring to minister to the needs of people that they have through this process, those that may have lost their jobs. And did you know what? That death is no respecter of persons as it relates to time. We've had several individuals who passed on to be with the Lord. And when they do, their families need the church. They need God. I want to tell you something, Victory Community. You are doing a good job, and you are making ministry happen. And I want to encourage you to continue to do that and honor God in your giving and your talents. I also get several emails a day from individuals saying, or phone calls, Pastor, is there something I can do? Here's what I can tell you. We can all pray. So I'm uh, asking you, uh, if you're going to give online, give to uh, victorylakeland.org. And of course, push give and you're there. Or you again can put it in what we call snail mail, send it in or drop it by and we are here. By the way, uh, in this, uh, I don't, I don't, it's kind of a stay at home order. We have checked with several sources that are authoritarian sources and found out that we are here at Victory Church. We are continuing to provide ministry 
because of the essential nature of the church. So if you have a prayer need, you can call it in, email. We're going to be certain to get right on that. I uh, received word just uh, a day or so ago, the passing of Reverend Carl Strader. Pastor Strader pastored First Assembly of God here in Lakeland for a number of years, and that morphed into Carpenter's Home Church, a 10,000-seat auditorium. And what a ministry, what a man, what a person. And I had an opportunity to speak with communication today with Steve. Continue to pray for the Strader family. Uh, Brother Strader, I think if you saw the paper today, 90 years of age, wow. And he could quote the scripture like nobody I've ever known. So whisper a prayer. And then whisper a prayer, if you don't mind, for uh, uh, the individual who's over our World Missions uh, Division that God would undertake and minister to Greg Mundus. And let's believe that. So right now, as we always do, when the sanctuary has people in it, for example, I just want to pray over you and pray over your finances and pray over your safety. Father, I do pray right now in the name of Jesus. We know that you have the power to bring healing and anointing and guidance. I pray, God, because some may lose their job temporarily during this season. We know that we've heard that our government is going to send some type of a stimulus to different families as that need exists. But here's what we know. Our source is not the government. Our source is not even one another. Though friendship is important, our source is you. And God, as we honor you and we remain faithful to you in faith and we trust you, everything is going to be okay. Everything is going to fall into place. And God, not one thing is going to be overlooked as we walk faithfully with you. Now minister to the needs of our congregation and these two individuals, families that I mentioned and others, God, I just pray you would uplift them and comfort them. And God, those that are really, really discouraged or depressed, reach down and touch them and encourage them and give them that which only you can give. Father, we'll, we'll just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, I pray. Now, the reality is I, uh, I know that April Fool's, some of you could not stand not doing some kind of prank and uh, say because it's April Fool's and it's just in some of you i'm happy to report to you that um, you know i i didn't i didn't do anything today that create consternation for anybody uh, i i have done all that i could to pray today and have different meetings and and try to always lift up the name of the lord jesus christ this coming sunday morning as we talk about questions in that series this is the second message here's the question Jesus asked to a couple of blind men, do you believe that I can do this? Do you believe that I can bring healing to you? And what it does, it once again relates to us, do we really, really trust God? Well, tonight I want to give you a little illustration as it relates to the message, the gift. The gift is God's will. Have you ever heard someone say, it's easier said than done? I've said that a lot, many times. It's easier said than, than done. And we know that's true. The things that we can do, we don't have to worry about, but it's the things that 
we don't know what to do that often brings question. Well, Moses is going to be our example just for a few moments tonight in this particular message. I pray that you gather your family around. As a matter of fact, you might text others of your family and your friends and, and say, hey, come join in, victorylakeland.org. I told a friend of mine, Rick Moore, today, I said, hey, tune us in. I want to let you know that we're going to be praying for you and your business. Well, it can be a wonderful experience. Here's what I know. As we get into the message, these are exciting times. These are times in which the church can shine like never before. These are moments in which our perspective is not down and out and what in the world are we going to do? The sky is falling. These are moments that those of us who are in love with Jesus, followers of Jesus Christ, this could be the church's finest hour to date. It could be a time in which we can say, boy, we're not going to back up. We're going to dig in and we're going to pray and believe and encourage and minister to needs like never, never before. Well, oh, Moses experienced an unusual life. What he didn't know from the time that he was born and he was protected and finally wound up with Pharaoh's daughter, that God had a wonderful plan for his life and every step that he had to take circumstances of his life was just very unusual. He spent some 40 years in the palace enjoying servants and maids and all that went with it. And when we find him in our text, he's in the wilderness out in Midian and life has changed, but he's made the best of it. When Moses, of course, uh, is communicated by God in a very unusual way, and we know that God speaks to us in a lot of different ways. I don't know about you, but he's speaking to me during this COVID-19 challenge. He's speaking to me and say, hey, the way you've always done it is not necessarily the way that you're going to get to do it for a little while. Now, how are you going to, how are you going to respond to that? I'm going to say, God, if you're with me, we're going to make it. We're going to do our very best. And so Moses is confronted by God in Exodus 3, verse number 11. And so, in fact, God spoke to Moses and, uh, and, and said, I want you to be a deliverer. That's my will for you. And Moses responds and he says in that verse, well, hey, hey, God, listen, why should I be the one to go to Pharaoh? Why should, why should I be the one in the midst of a crisis have to put my life on the line? Moses now is no spring chicken. He's about 80 years of age. And uh, we know that he lived in royalty, and he had an excellent education. Now he's in exile. He is a fugitive. He is a murderer. He's guilty of a lot of things. And now he's a shepherd. He's a shepherd. And that really is what he is to this moment. But God said, it doesn't matter to me whether you're a murderer, whether you're in exile, whether you lived in royalty. I've got a plan for you. I've got a task just for you. And in my time of study, I thought, God, in all this uncertainty today and all the things that we don't know tomorrow what the count is going to be and we don't know who's going to be adversely affected, we all are affected adversely right now. But God, what is it that you desire out of me? What is it that you're going to saddle me with, harness me up? What privileges are you going to give me to be able to do everything that I can to raise the level of awareness of the Lord Jesus Christ just a little bit more. So God now is bringing his man, Moses, and bringing his will, and that's the deliverance of God's people together in the person of one man. 
And this one man is fighting against that commission from God to do what God wanted him to do. So that's why during these times, it's important for us to review how we respond. How we respond, well, oh, the shelves are empty. We know that. Some of them are. But let me tell you something. There are enough shelves with food on it you can gain weight. And I can tell you this there, well, I can't get out anymore. Yeah, you can. You can get out and walk around your lawn over and over again, pull a few weeds on the way. In other words, there's a whole lot of things that you can do if you have the right perspective. But listen, Paul said, let me tell you how I feel sometimes. And I'm just going to hit it up quickly. Romans 7, here's what he said. He said, I truly delight in doing what God commands. I, I delight in doing God's will. I delight in being used of God in, in good times and great times and not so good times. And he said, I enjoy doing that. But he said, it's pretty obvious. Paul said, it's pretty obvious to me that certain parts of me doesn't want to cooperate. I can't, sometimes I can't get my attitude straight. Sometimes I, I can't seem to get my will in line to want to get up and go be a cross bearer for Jesus. And he also says, but listen, parts of me even rebel, rebel. This is not the time for the church of Jesus Christ to rebel. This is the time for the church of Jesus Christ to work together in peace and in unity and in harmony and to pray. That's our weapon of great, great counsel from God. Moses cried out, who am I? Who am I? So during times of challenge when we don't know which way to go, we often question it or we're afraid of it. Lord, is this thing ever going to end? Often we realize, hey, God, if you call me out in this kind of situation, I, this is much larger than I am. Well, isn't it wonderful that God looks at you and has such confidence in you that maybe he's placing you in positions right now, or giving you lanes to run in, lanes that you've never run in before, that you would never get into had not this crisis come about. And we know that often the battle, as in Paul's case, takes place within us. Well, Sharon and I pray several times a day. Every morning, God give protection. And it's not a pitter-patter prayer. It's a prayer that calls names deliberately and say, God, you need to do a work here. You need to change that situation. And this is one of the beauties of the time that you have to pray. Now, you can be specific in your prayer. You can call the devil out and declare that he is a liar. You can call the name of a person and say, God, you take them through this situation like never before. But here's what you're going to find. Sometimes that's not always easy. It was Jesus who said, hey, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Jesus said, what I'm facing and facing the cross, he said, it's almost more than I can stand. May I encourage you, don't let your lips say that. Don't say, God, this is more than I can stand. Because the reality is very few of us know just how much we can stand until the right situation comes along. We are going to do our best to make a difference. Well, when God confronts us with a challenge and calls us out, said, I've, I've got a hand upon you, it'll challenge your faith. It'll cause you to face darkness like you've never faced before. Circumstance beyond your ability, it'll change your life 
for better. I had one individual say the other day, hey, the worst thing about this is I can't, I can't get my hair done. You know, I, I just can't, I can't get my hair done. And I told that gentleman, that's not really important for you right now, you know, to get your hair done. It's important to man up. But then not only that, there is an assessment. What's going on out there? Someone said to me uh, just yesterday, I wonder if they're telling us everything there is to know. Well, God doesn't tell us everything there is to know. Do you know why? It'd probably scare us to death. I tell you, here's what I think. I'm just going to go along with as much as I do know and make the best of it by the grace of God. So here's what I want to do. I want all of you to come to the conclusion, God, you are calling me out for such a time as this. You are letting me walk through paths that I haven't walked before. My perspective is going to be positive, and I'm going to make it. And not only that, God, I'm going to help somebody else make it, and we're going to be better at the end than we were in the beginning. Well, now you make the assessment, just how bad is it? Moses, it's difficult. God says to him, I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go, Moses. Let me show you the challenge. This is the assessment. He'll not let you go without a mighty hand compels him. May I tell you and share with you what I believe for a moment based on this word? I said a moment ago, this could be the church's finest hour. This could be a time if the church overlooks the privilege that we have to dig in prayer and dig in faith. Who knows what God might do? So if we do our assessment, we could look and say, oh, my Lord, there are some of the essentials out there that you can't buy. The shelves get empty, and you can't do this, and you can't go anywhere. And you boy, that's just the way it is. One man said to me yesterday, he said, here it is. You have an opportunity to have time to go, and the gas prices are way down low that you could. And he said, the reality is you can't go anywhere, and gas prices are down. Listen, friend. You know what? When somebody wants to murmur and complain, you can murmur and complain over any and everything all the time. This is the time that when you make your assessment as a born-again follower of Jesus Christ, that you don't look at the, why, the, the whys. You don't look at the things that we don't have. We don't look at the things that are barriers. We don't look at those things that hold us back. We say, God, somewhere in the midst of all this, is a mighty miracle that's got my name on it. Somewhere in all of this, God, you're going to take my soul that's been weary and you're going to lift it up. Well, you see, it was God's will for Adam and Eve to enjoy the Garden of Eden, but they couldn't understand what they were told. They, they were disobedient. Sin and disobedience came in with Adam and Eve. And when we began to react negatively, in a situation in which our world would say, but you just don't understand, Pastor. You don't know. We are in a pandemic. Absolutely. We are in a pandemic. But you know what? Hallelujah. He is the healer of pandemics. We talk about flatten the curve. I'll tell you what will flatten the curve is not just a stay-at-home situation. What will flatten the curve is when God's people get together and pray and turn from their wicked way and believe God together. We will flatten that curve and God will move by His power. But in the midst of all of this, someone texts me right before church. I'm confused and I'm frustrated. I said, wonderful. You know, 
If you're going to be confused, be really confused. Do it good. If you're going to be frustrated, really just really be frustrated. If that's what you're going to do, you know, you're going to be in despair, spiritual anxiety. My Lord, have mercy. But none of that is going to help me get through this situation. None of that was going to help Moses be able to do what God called him to do. You see, God's tapping us on the shoulder and he's anointing us and giving us hope in the midst of difficulty and saying, I believe in you. You can look at the assessment from the natural side and it will not be good. You see, getting people from where they are to where God wants them to be is a challenge. But God often doesn't just do that supernaturally. He allows and enables all of us to get together, not in groups, of course, but over the phone and text and those kind of things to encourage one another to say, you know, in this, God is going to take you from where you are to where you need to be. So here's what we can do. The assessment is, God, I hear you. I know you're calling me. I see it at positive. I'm going to be used by you. I'm going to be, in my assessment, Father, I'm going to be an instrument in your hands. Would you say that with me at home? I'm going to be an instrument in your hands. Turn to somebody there and say it. Here we go. I'm going to be an instrument in your hands. When you say that, that's faith. Then you're going to put it into action, and you're going to see what God will do. Well, what if we do the opposite? What if we get scared? What if we get afraid? What if we are led by frustration? What if we say, oh, God, and we just almost like Job was encouraged to do, we curse God and, and die. The reality is, the reality is we get worse. But our hope is in the Lord, and in our mouth are words of life, and in our spirit is a positive perspective that is there. And Jesus said this to his disciples. He said, hey, if you would just take hold of this one little thing, faith, that's just no bigger than that mustard seed. He said, guys, you could say to that mountain, be thou removed into the sea. And so COVID-19 is here. It's America's challenge. It's the world's challenge right now. It's what we're talking about. It's when television and radio are giving reports forever and ever and ever. But don't just sit there and listen to all those reports because your assessment will, will be wrong. Follow it up or reading Psalms or Proverbs or get into the book of, of God Almighty and let his words encourage you. So Moses assessed and said, why me? Uh, why am I having to be the lead on this? Um, you know, I have a speech impediment. What about that, God? That's my assessment. And oh, yeah, uh, you said Pharaoh's not going to be happy. This is going to go against the grain with him. He's not going to want to cooperate. And I know him. I was raised in the household of Pharaoh. I know when he's not happy, he takes action into his own hand and he hurts a lot of different people. You see, most of the time, God will do supernatural things through individuals who, after all the assessment of facing reality, do as the writer of 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. but it's for me and my house. We are going to serve the Lord. But as me and my church, as me and my family and my wife, we're going to be courageous. 
I'm not going to let my kids become afraid by what they hear. I'm going to get in there because, friend, most of the time when supernatural things take place, don't lose this, it's often in unfavorable circumstances. Well, what do you mean? Building an ark was not a favorable circumstance. Uh, calling fire from heaven was not favorable. Facing your life was not a favorable circumstance. Walking into a fiery furnace certainly was not a favorable circumstance. Causing, calling Lazarus from the tomb after being dead several days was certainly not favorable. For Jesus, facing a cross and being nailed was not a favorable circumstance. Coming out of that tomb on the third day was not a favorable circumstance for that to happen. And the world believing that the rapture will take place, we're getting closer by the moment to some is not favorable. What I'm saying to you, let's do everything that we can tonight when we conclude our moments together. You have some decisions to make. And that is God has given you a gift to walk in His will. And His will is not one of fear, not one of anxiety. His will of, is one of hope, action, and faith, and involvement. And then there's another part that I want to share with you. And it's the part that after the assessment that God gives us insurance. Can anybody tell me uh, I have water? It's not a hurricane. Our water supply is not off. Why are people buying gallons and gallons and gallons of water? And if you have the answer to that, why don't you email us here at the church and give us an answer that you can justify, okay? I only use it to drink when my throat is dry. The assurance. Who is God? What assurance do you have? I said a moment ago, insurance. He, he is a great policy. Our promise is to know Christ and make him known. That's our vision statement. Here's what God said to Moses. If you take the high road and you do what I've asked you to do and you don't lead out of fear and you don't lead out of anxiety, you lead out of positive mindset. If you make your mind up to be a vessel, to be a testimony, to be an instrument, to help my name be exalted in the midst of a crisis, he said, here's what I'm going to tell you. I'll give you the assurance you need to do more than what you ever dreamed that you could. So what I'd like for you to do is, okay, take all that baggage and all those things you've been concerned about. Did you hear what the president said a few minutes ago? Did you hear what the governor said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But have you checked out what he said long, long, long ago? And his word will never be exhausted. And it's higher and more powerful even after man has left the face of the planet. So I'll stretch my hand out. He says to Moses, and I'll strike the Egyptians. And with all the wonders that I will perform among them after that, Pharaoh won't have a problem letting you go. That will never happen. 
If Moses doesn't step in the gap and do what God's will is, and COVID-19 will be the winner unless the church of Jesus Christ, you, rise up and say, I've got faith to believe. I don't like it. I don't understand it. But here's what I do know. God, I am born again, blood-washed and anointed, and I'm ready to do what it is you want me to do to help pray this thing out of here and to encourage my brother and my sister and to be a light in the midst of darkness. I will make it. Well, here's what he said. I'll strike the Egyptians. I'll cause them, uh, I'll cause them to get to the place that they're happy about your departure. Well, Pharaoh was said, boy, get out of here. Move on. Huh? Get, get away from this place. And here's what God said. I'll work signs and wonders, notice this, through you. I'll work signs and wonders through you. Are you available to God? Do you consider his will for you right now, his gift to you? Do you believe that you have a place to make a huge difference? Do you believe that there's anointing on you as there was Moses? Do you believe that? Or are you going to be like Moses and say, hey, I can't talk and give God all the excuses. And God comes back and it's found in Exodus 4, 11 and 12. Then the Lord said to Moses, who gave man his mouth? Who made the deaf person mute? Who gives sight or who makes a person blind? Is it not I, the Lord said? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. What did God just say? I'll put it in plain old yard talk. You ain't nothing without me. Your best effort in your little battle won't do anything to build the kingdom of God because it'll be your way. But if you step up to the plate, put your shoulders back and lift your chin up and you take hold of my hand and you are used by my spirit, here's what will happen. I will show you how the enemy will be subdued and how this vicious disease will be dealt with and cursed by the grace of God and eventually will be gathered back in the sanctuary, fellowshipping together once again, declaring, look what the Lord has done. And we have that privilege to be able to do that. So would you join me? Would you join me tomorrow and tonight and the next day? Would you be prepared Sunday morning to tell your friends, hey, what a great message. Get online and take a look at Victory Church. And we declare and we declare it often because something in you is greater than every power of darkness. Do you know what? The, those on the front line are listening for anything to encourage them. Doctors, nurses, caregivers, those who are in the tech division, our law enforcement officers, those individuals who are EMTs, all of those people, you know what they're looking for? They're not looking for another patient. They're looking for someone to come by and say, hey, you created a good moment in my life. I know that you're praying. You, you, you gave me an uplift to be able to go one more day. Well, that's who you are. And you know what God says? When you step into that pattern, God said, I'll strike down the enemy for you and I will make a way where there is no way.
And he said in the scripture, when we get toward the end in Revelation 22, behold, I am coming soon and my reward is with me and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. That's the God that you serve that will in fact use you and me and though it might look like a virus is in control, that virus is not. Our God has a plan. We are the mighty army of believers to see that God's will is done in our world today. Would you just bow your heads for a moment? We take just a moment, and Father, we thank you for the abundance of your grace and mercy. Uh, maybe those who have listened tonight, and maybe they're listening for the first time or the first time in a long time. Maybe individuals that I've talked to today and said, hey, tune in tonight and, and be with us. Well, God, here's what I know. Your word does not come back void. Your word carries life. It carries hope. It, it carries new abilities and new opportunities. And I get to be chosen. I get to be tapped but God, the best thing that I can do is to be certain that my heart is clean before you. That my heart is willing to say yes to the Lord. So, Father, just to be sure everyone's heart is clear, we're going to pray this prayer. I'm going to ask those of you at home to repeat this prayer after me. Don't be ashamed of it. Take your children's hand and let's pray it together. Here we go. Heavenly Father. I thank you for Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, thank you for your love for me and my family. I ask you to forgive me. I have failed. And I've committed sins. I've made mistakes. And I haven't always been available to do what you wanted me to do. But tonight with a solid resolve I am encouraged that you are going to do great things in my life in my family and in our home and our church and our nation I thank you for that Lord Jesus thank you for loving me in Jesus name I pray go ahead and say it amen it's been a joy to be here tonight don't forget Sunday. Let's get ready. Let's tell everybody that we know. Let's build the kingdom of God. Even though we're not here, let's build the kingdom of God out there in the world in which we live. Thank you, everybody. As we build the kingdom of God, can we declare that we're going to build our lives on the firm foundation together, church? Let's say, I will build my life upon your love.
bless you, church. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. We invite you to worship with us on Sunday morning. We can't wait to see you. God bless.